three. Cash Color Camp is a high level of conversation. I am your host, Mecca King. Um, tonight, today I have a, a great guest, somebody I actually been wanting to have on the podcast for a little while now. And um, that's my good friend, Kevin Ford Jr. with Uplift National. Um, I love to have him on the show today to give a chance to speak to him about, um, one, the importance of HBCUs and HBCU life, um, his, the rebranding of Uplift National, as well as teaching our community about a new industry. So um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my man, Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, Mecca. I appreciate you for having me, man. No problem, man. I appreciate everything that you are doing in the industry, man. You, you, you're probably one of the more low-key brothers in the space, man, but you really put out a lot of work, man. Put, you put out a lot of work out here. I appreciate that, yeah. I try to stay out the fray, man. Just want to keep my head down and, and do the work. You know, I, we've. Uh, it's funny you even mentioned that because uh, we personally have struggled just with social media and just putting things outward. We've been so focused like inward on trying to do things here in Maryland. Um, but um, to your point on the national front, you know, we've been getting a lot of love from around the country. So we really thought it was time to begin um, expanding out and, and making sure that our communities across the country have the opportunity to um, indulge in the education and resources that uh, we've been privy to. Great, great, man. All right, well, first question, man, speak to us about how you found yourself in the in the cannabis space. Yeah, so, um, shit, I guess I'll start back in 2010. I was still in college. Uh, I was the brand manager for a clothing line called Marijuana and Bullshit or M&B Club. <laughs> and, um, you know, we really had the opportunity to go out west. Um, and I would say during that time, I really was like engulfed in the legacy market. And, um, uh, uh, we had a, a little situation in 2013, which really caused me to change my thinking about um, cannabis. And uh, it's, it's funny because even with that particular running with law enforcement, it was really then that I, I said to myself, like, yo, you must really love weed. You know, like, <laughs> you are you are doing going ham out here and making sure that, you know, you, you're, you're doing something, but at the same time doing it in the wrong way. So it's like, if I love this so much, how can I transition, you know, and a lot of what we teach is transitioning my skills and knowledge into the cannabis industry, you know? Um, so in 2015 or so, my sister Hope um, had the opportunity to apply for her license up in Maryland. And um, uh, during that time, she was, you know, I just had a blast just watching her and going through that process, trying to find her location, figure out the staffing and everything. And um, right after they opened, she actually uh, showed me an opportunity for a grant with the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission to um, do a business development program for minorities and women. And when I saw that, that was really it for me, you know, and I had really started Uplift maybe a couple months prior to that, though. Um, really, because I just became a patient myself in Maryland. The weed was was bomb, you know, so I was like, look, man, everybody needs to be smoking like me. How, how can I make sure that folks are smoking like me, you know? And um, so we started Uplift, started doing patient certifications, and then we ran into the grant opportunity, and um, we're we were able to win that, and then it was all she wrote from there. That's great, man. Um, so tell us a story about uh, about Uplift Maryland. Um, you know, you just kind of briefly mentioned, uh, briefly segued into what happened with how it came about, but speak to us about for, formally how Uplift Maryland came about and what was your initial goal with the brand? Yeah, so my initial goal um, was, was I, I would even back up a little bit before Uplift Maryland, where my mindset was. Like, 
you know, even with that run-in that I had and uh, uh, the time that I spent really feeling down on myself afterwards or feeling ashamed of my cannabis use, I, I figured, I was like, man, this is just a plant. It's nothing wrong with this. We need to normalize the fact that people are using cannabis. And I think that that's where, you know, we really came up with the, the thought of uplift and really making sure that we're uplifting our community and uplifting the plant to a new level or a new perception uh, from our community. And so we started Uplift to, again, try to get patients to get signed up. One, because I was trying to help funnel patients into Marion, Maine at, uh, at Hope Spot. And um, um, we really just, from there, that, that, was, that was just it. I mean, it was the patients. It was um, just being able to, to help people and understanding uh, uh, what that process was like of becoming a patient. Um, and... and that was the main intent at first. We had no um, intents of actually doing any education and training. In fact, I wanted to be an operator myself. I wanted to have my vertically integrated business growing, processing, having a dispensary, but you know, the opportunity just didn't, wasn't available at the time. Um, so we really just started um, uh, doing the patient certifications and then we stumbled upon the education. And it's funny because now I feel like trapped within the education uh, although, because that wasn't really like really what I wanted to do, but you know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, take the 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 calling and, and run with it. Roy, God's plan, man. He puts you in the right place at the right time. Um, and speaking about right places at the right time, you knowing Hope and Mary and Maine coming about, you had a chance to work with them when they were when they were first when they were first opening them up. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. So I was the um, the inventory manager at first, and um, really just trying to help establish like the culture and making sure that folks are, you know, setting, setting an example about how you're supposed to work within this space and be professional yeah. um, with cannabis. And I think that was a lot of what uh, I really brought to the table during my time there. Um, but again, Uplift just started picking up so fast that I was really only there for about four months before um, I ended up going off full time onto Uplift. That's crazy, man. So um, Uplift is still re is still relatively new. So I mean, the, so the rebrand isn't overly shocking that you would try to take it to a national platform at this point. So um, now that we have Uplift National, what is, is has the has the has the goal broadened any, or is it still the same focus? I would say it's definitely broadened a bit. Um, one thing that I've noticed, you know, cannabis is a, a social commodity. You know, we love to smoke with folks. Uh, have good conversations over cannabis, but that's something that um, has been taken away from us through COVID. Um, so that's kind of one thing that I want to bring back now that we are all used to this virtual aspect of, of communication is really providing social opportunities for people um, to interact both on educational and lifestyle um, interests. Yeah. You know, um, when I first started Cash Color Campus podcast, uh, the, the hardest person to convince that this was a viable thing was my mother. And it was primarily because she comes from a, a civil rights era, jazz era. Matter of fact, when she finally caught on to what Cash Color Campus was, her first thought was to call me and ask me about Ray Charles and why, was that why they kept arresting Ray Charles and Louis Armstrong back in the day? And I was like, yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> um, but, but, but now she looks at it and she's, and she's super proud. Um, what was it like explaining to your parents, one, that you were a cannabis consumer and two, that you was gonna jump into the cannabis space? Like, were they initially supportive of that? So I'll say jumping into the cannabis space, there was no surprise there just because I had literally basically given my life That's to weird. cannabis at that point. <laughs> and uh, I think they were, they were more relieved that I was able to 
do something within the cannabis industry that was um, within the legal framework, you know? Yeah. And, um, but in terms of actually convincing them to get on board with everything that we had going on, even after I started it, um, the, well, from my dad's perspective, um, they're both docs, but my dad is uh, internal medicine doc. So he sees regular patients on a day-to-day -day basis. And I wanted him to become a provider to do our patient certifications. Mm. And it took me a good two months to really explain to him. And like, I had to pull up all the laws and legislation to show him that there are actual protections for, you know, medical professionals who are writing these certifications. So that was really the, the step there. And then I, I think um, for my mom, she's uh, a surgeon, but she's also the uh, associate dean for academic affairs at Howard University College of Medicine. So, you know, I had to put it in an academic sense for her, yeah. you know, and <laughs> it was actually the day before Thanksgiving that we won the grant. So when I came to Thanksgiving dinner, I had the opportunity to really talk about cannabis and the educational aspect of it. And then she was like, damn, you really doing something. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like cannabis is real, mom. It's like, yeah. it's a real industry. And, and crazy thing is, it's like, you know, they've been my biggest supporters since um, they, you know, they sit on our board. Um, they are, uh, even my mom has gone forth and put cannabis within uh, the medical curriculum at the Howard Med School. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, we're seeing a, a shift, you know, and, and it's, it's funny because somebody asked me the other day, like, how do you actually touch people with cannabis? And I always say it's just by, you have to touch each person personally, you know, and if you can find that one thing that they truly connect with and you can touch them on that, then they'll be okay. And even coming back to my dad, one thing that was huge for him once he actually started writing certifications, he wasn't all the way sold, but he knew that, you know, I'm, I'm gonna support my son and what he has going on. I see him trying to do something. But when he saw his patients returning for their follow-up appointments and, you know, just being in a different frame of mind, different uh, uh, physical stature, like, he's seeing the difference that cannabis is making in people's lives medically. And that has uh, really been the, the true push for, um, for, for us as, as we've, um, you know, continued to try to get them on board. That's cool, man. Um, you know, also, we, we also share in common that we both went to HBCUs. I'm a proud alum of John C. Smith University, Charlotte, North Carolina. And I know that you went to the house, man. Um, yes, speak to us about the importance of going to an HBCU and what your HBCU experience was like. <laughs> so uh, my mom went to Howard. I grew up around, uh, grew up on the yard. She was a Delta Alpha chapter. So I was always was there. Deep. <laughs> never, never missed a homecoming ever. You know, and my dad went to Rutgers and it's funny cause like he always talks about his college experience, how he doesn't really have like too many friends that he interacts with from college. Um, but my mom, she has a huge network that she has from college. And I think that, you know, being black and going to an HBCU, you know, it's not necessarily about the, the education or about the fact that our admissions or our offices just move slow, you know, it's really about that extended network that you have from that HBCU and really the experiences and the people that you get to take along with you once you have those experiences. And, um, you know, being in, in a member of Omega Sci-Fi, you know, our Cardinal Principles, Manhood Scholarship, Perseverance and Uplift. And one thing that I think that HBCUs really help uh, uh, their students with is perseverance. Like you have to push through some of these walls that they put up for you 
to, to get to where you want to go. And I think that that's what really sets us up um, to, to go out and do things a little bit differently in the world than, than others who might have been to PWIs. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we're going to wrap this up soon, but I want to just know what drives you every day? You know, as a black man in the cannabis space, you know, you, you, we, we, we're still one of few, you know, so we're still a few, a few in, the, in the space. What drives you every day to keep going and keep moving in the cannabis world and, and just based on your, you know, saying feelings like what, what keeps you going? Honestly, it's people like yourself. It's people like Hope, people like Tahir Johnson, people like Mary Pryor people like Jesse Horan, people like Todd Hughes, Brandon Wyatt, Shanita Penny, who, you know, are, are out here doing it, you know? And the thing is, it's like, again, I, I feel like I've given my life to cannabis at this point. And, you know, for, for me to stop short is selling myself short. And that's not something that I, I'm, I'm willing to do, to be honest with you. So it's people like you all that, that really keep me pushing. And I see you all doing your thing. And it's like, man, you know, I gotta get on my shit too, cause I'm a, I'm a, a, as competitive as they come, but at the same time, I'm all about team. Together, everybody achieves more, and um, we just gotta, we just gotta do it together, you know. And I and continue to lift as we climb, and, and and making sure that we're highlighting each other as we go along. So that's why I definitely appreciate, you know, the opportunity to come on the show with you. And I hope I get a chance to come to the studio too, so we can kick it and smoke some J's facts <laughs> we gotta get you down to atlanta so hopefully after this covid situation started starts settling down we could get moving in the way we were supposed to be moving man absolutely i'm looking forward to it man i we got these vaccines coming i i'm 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 actually pretty much good at this point so i mean maybe i'll get down there sooner than later all right well hopefully we see you soon man and i do appreciate you for chiming in with us today um i wish you much success and much luck in everything you're doing with uplift national absolutely i appreciate you my brother you have a good one you too. And that's Cash Color Camp. It's a high level of conversation. I'm your host, Mecca King. Peace. Peace.